Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It's Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert, here on a cool spring morning in Jackson, Wyoming. It's uh, Wednesday. 21 heading into a nice memorial day weekend which should be a whole lot of fun i hope the weather's good for everybody and you can at least get outside and get some sun and and have that great feel of three days off though there's no days off for e-commerce sellers we all know that but still it feels good um so i've got a whole bunch of stuff to cover today so i'm going to jump right in um, some of it's just informational, some of it's stuff I would suggest everybody act on, um, because I have, and I, I wouldn't tell you to do it if I didn't think you needed to do it. The first thing is for our UK or EU sellers, both UK and EU, since, uh, Brexit, we can't log them in together. Um, Etsy has instituted a new fee that starts July 1st, so if you're an Etsy seller in the EU, EU or the UK, you're going to have a new fee um, due to increased regulations, Etsy says. Um, they're saying the cost of doing business has increased because of more regulations they have to follow. So sellers in the UK, France, Italy, Spain, and Turkey will now see a regulatory operating fee on their account starting July 1st. Um, they say the fee um, for a 25 pound order for a UK seller would be about six pence. So um, just some information that uh, regulations are causing things to rise everywhere. So if you're a UK seller on Etsy, an EU seller, be aware of that. Um, next thing um, I would like to announce is on um, 7-22, July 22nd, I'm doing a panel webinar for um, Ecom Engine, the Restock Pro people, all about prepping for Q4. Um, I am the only seller who's going to be on this panel. Most of the others are pro uh, providers of services to help sellers, um, advertising services, um, refund services, and things like that. So. My focus on this webinar will be all about Q4 prep for third-party sellers and what we need to do. I'm going to talk a little bit about it today, but just wanted to give you a heads up. When we have the link available for registering for that webinar, um, I'll post it in the group. As always, it's free, and it should be interesting to see what our vendors are looking at as the things we should be doing to prep for Q4. Um, as opposed to us as um, sellers, what we need to do to prep for Q4. So I have a few things um, to go over for that that I am doing now um, just because um, I think they're going to be an issue is as we move closer into Q4. I mean, we're almost into Q3, not, not very far away. Um, one is we are still facing supply chain issues for everything. 
Um, I have never seen so many things out of stock from my suppliers who can't get containers in to get the stuff to us. Um, I have one supplier that has now resorted to air freighting um, their items in from Europe just because it's faster, more reliable, and they can keep products in the supply chain as opposed to others who are shipping containers from China who are facing you know, several week delays. So my first thing that I would suggest you do is get your Q4 orders in far sooner than you think you need to. Talk to your vendors, ask them what their, their uh, prognosis is for having things in stock, but get the stuff in now um, because if they only have X number of units and you buy them all, that's a good thing because then your competition may not be able to get a hold of those products. So be in touch with your vendors, find out what is happening with them and get your products so you have them, whether you, you send them into Amazon now or you trickle them in, which is what I'm going to be doing. I'm gonna keep make sure I'm in stock, but not overload inventory where it will then hurt my IPI score by having too much inventory stored there. Um, the other thing to look into is making sure that you have your shipping supplies and tools and everything set up ready to go. These are the two big things that I think you have to be preparing for now. We don't know if there's going to be a shortage of boxes, bags, tape. We don't know. I just saw a an episode of the Today Show where they talked about shortages now instead of being hand sanitizer which which can't be given away by a lot of stores shortages now are going to be in things like lipstick tooth whitening kits um, those kind of things that a year ago we didn't even think about so um, be be aware get your products now keep them moving i mean i the, actually when you think about it the lipstick and tooth whitening kits make sense as more and more places are lifting mask ordinances, you can now see the lower half of your face. So people want to do something about it. So especially if you are having issues with supply chain, talk to your vendor, see what's going on so you know. Um, Ed says he's having the same issues. And Matt says he just ran into his first issue of sending in inventory due to limits on his wholesale account. Ron had that same issue and he pulled back some of the, the older inventory that and it took about a week and a half, but it then kicked loose far more inventory than he recalled to send in. And I think we'll be seeing that as we move forward, that you're going to have to be smarter about managing your inventory and just keep it moving constantly. I've made a concerted effort the past six months since the holidays to really work on that. And I've gotten my um, under 30 day inventory is now over 90%. Whereas before I started, it was like 50. Cause I had a lot of that 30 to 90 day inventory. So I've really worked on it. Um, watching pricing, watching reorders. Um, I have not recalled anything, um, but I did cut prices on a lot of it to move stuff out. Um, some of it were big price cuts, some were not so big, but I should never have let anything sit there as, lo uh, as long as it did. So um, that really will help your IPI score. And we're gonna talk about that a bit later, a few more things to do. So those are the two main things for Q4 prep. 
which leads me into another issue that I touched on several months ago, but um, I'm going to follow up on it. And that is um, when vendors go MIA, Ron had that issue starting a year over a year ago. It was like when COVID first started, it was a vendor in the Pacific Northwest who just went MIA. Um, he would get responses saying, yeah, we have your order, we'll be shipping it, and then nothing. And then finally, no responses at all, no responses, and they just kind of disappeared. And it was a, a great product line, and that's really hard to lose. But I kind of faced the same thing in a different way. One of my suppliers um, retired. Um, she and her husband had built the business since the early 90s, um, and I've known her this whole time. She wanted to retire, and she and her husband got divorced after you know, decades of marriage, so he took over the business. Fine, um, he was not the most communicative person anyway, but things still plugged along for a while, and then he decided he wanted to retire, so he sold the business. And he sold the business to a young man, youngish man, we'll say 40s, to me, young man, um, who was moving in to this particular craft space. Um, he had his own small product line in a related area of this craft space, and he bought this business. And things were fine. Um, I just kept ordering and replenishing and it was just it's the same products over and over they've had the same products since they started the business in the 90s but they're continuous like evergreen sellers and then all of a sudden i placed an order and like a week went by and i didn't even hear a confirmation and two weeks went by and i kind of lost track of it and then something popped up on my um, facebook feed that the young man who had purchased the business um had passed away. I was like, oh, that was a shame. And it was not a COVID related. It was a very fast cancer. Um, he was diagnosed and died within two months. But before he passed away, before he knew he was sick, he bought up two other companies in this craft space. So he'd purchased three within a year period. Um, two of them I did not do business with, but I knew of them because it's a small community of people who are doing this. So, so he had now purchased three businesses and had his own and he passed away and the business has gone MIA since then. So it's been a little bit short of a year. Um, I was able to place one order in that period. It got partially shipped and that was it. And I, I went to place another order and the website is there, but it's like, if you know Shopify, it's like an unbuilt Shopify store. It still has all the holders, like item goes here, item goes here, item goes here. It's still the same domain, um, but nothing is active. And it's been that way for several months now, nothing active. Um, I've, I've messaged them, I've called them, I've left messages via Facebook. I've left a message on the Facebook page asking what's going on, but they've disappeared. So... Um, so effectively, four businesses have gone under by the untimely death of this, this gentleman, his own, and the three he purchased. Now, there is rumor, which I'm not sure is true because nothing has gone beyond the rumor stage, is the, the people he purchased the businesses from, two of them 
are going to try to revive it and see if they can get the products back um, and all of that. Um, I don't hold much hope because their whole point in selling was to retire. And I don't know if they have the energy to, to try to rebuild everything. So just be aware, kind of have it in the back of your mind. If you have a small um, area of products and something like this happens, I would just watch it carefully. I maybe could have watched this a little more carefully and followed up more immediately after his death with especially the one gentleman I know and his wife. I could have said, hey, Robert, what's going on with this? But um, I didn't. They weren't a big part of my inventory, but they were enough that it's like they were far bigger on eBay for me. So it stings a bit to lose them. Um, and interesting fact, I had one of their major products listed in my Shopify store, which I don't publicize at all because for me, the Shopify store is there for um, vendors to look at. My business is on Etsy and Amazon and eBay. But I had one of their products. It was a $400 product. I had it listed and it sold Monday through my Shopify store. So somebody must have been searching for this particular product. Hasn't been made in over a year. When the gentleman passed away, they stopped production of it and it sold. And that was kind of a surprise because I had to go find it um, because I had never thought it would sell and it was just sitting there in the background um, waiting. So that was nice that a, a Shopify sale for that kind of money came through. But be aware of this that can happen with your your suppliers. Um, that's why I think it's really important to keep in touch with them. I have eight, eight steady suppliers that I order from every week and I... I order every week, or if I don't, I send a note every once in a while just checking in, especially the ones that are, are mom and pop shops, like one person businesses. Um, I just want, I don't want to lose this now. So I, I'm going to be very conscious and I suggest you think of it about keeping in touch with suppliers. So if something goes wrong, um, it can be dealt with before it gets too far along. So, um, the next thing I want to talk about, since we were talking about eBay and Etsy and Amazon, is I have been testing inventory management tools again. I did it once, and I didn't like any of them, so I didn't do anything. But as my Etsy store is getting bigger, and I have the same products listed on Amazon, or on, excuse me, eBay, Etsy, and Shopify, I think I really need to do something. And I was, first of all, thinking about just about a spreadsheet. And I'm not ruling that out um, in any way, but because I don't have enough sales on those channels to make it massively impossible. Um, but I'm testing two right now. Um, I did a lot of research last week and started testing them over the weekend. I'm testing again trunk inventory, which is one I tested before. And I kind of can see why I left it go the first time. I'm not in love with the interface or the visuals of the site or anything like that. And um, a lot of things in it, like um, if you want to delete a sales channel, you can't just do it. Say you decide you don't want to have your Amazon or your Etsy store in there. Um, you can't delete it. You have to contact them to do it, which I find annoying as heck. Um, the other one I'm testing is Cellbrite, S-E-L-L-B-R-I-T-E. 
Um, the I like the interface better. Um, and that's as far as I've gotten. I've imported all of my things. Um, I have, um, I've been consistent in using the same SKU because that is the secret to doing it is you have to use the same SKU on every platform so it can aggregate the numbers of inventory you have on each platform and give you a, a cohesive report. Um, I'm, I, I'm not sure about Cellbrite either, so I looked at some others. Listing Mirror is really, really expensive. I, don't, I think it's overkill for what I need. And Ecom Dash is also expensive. Overkill for what I mean. We're talking three figures for the lowest level, and I, I don't need that much. Um, there's one I haven't tested. I don't think testing three at the same time is the smartest idea, so I'm going to narrow down between Trunk and Cellbrite and then test against one called Zoho Inventory, Z-O-H-O, and see see how that goes. Um, I have a couple hundred SKUs that are listed on, on three platforms. It's not impossible to keep track of on a spreadsheet, but if I had something easier, it would be nice. Um, so I'll let you know how that goes as I move forward with the testing. Um, I, I, oh, I wish Ecom Engine and the Restock Pro people did one because once you get used to a certain interface and you know how to use it, it's usually consistent among all the tools that a, um, a developer provides and that would be really nice, but um, I haven't heard any rumors that they're, they're looking at one, so we're kind of stuck here. There is one that um, I lost the name of in my notes, I can't find it, because it only did eBay and Etsy. Um, it did not do a Shopify store in there, um, so I kind of rolled that out. My feeling was I needed the three, eBay, Etsy, and um, Shopify. Most of them, the three, uh, Cellbrite and Trunk and um, the Zoho inventory will also do Amazon um, if you want. But for me, I don't, Merchant Fulfill is not my Amazon thing, so that's not an issue. So I didn't, I didn't need to worry about having Amazon in there, but... If you're looking to test them, make sure they, they work on all the platforms that you are dealing with. If you're selling on Walmart, you may, may need to add that. Some of them support Poshmark and Mercari and, and a lot of platforms I don't sell on. So just be aware that you're going to have to check them and make sure it works for the platforms you're on. Um, and I'm going to compare data at the end of the day, like at 5 o'clock every day, and see if the numbers in the two I'm testing are the same, which means I would assume then that's accurate, but then I'll spot check against a manual inventory on a couple SKUs just to see where we stand. Um, because there's there were a couple of them that I read reviews of, and um, one particular site had pros and cons listed, and two of the cons on these inventory management, where they said a lot, they, have mistakenly allowed overselling of products and like that's the last thing you want so I didn't even bother with those if if the, if people have noted that it's like no I don't want to deal with it because that's like worse than a spreadsheet then because you can't trust the information so um, the next thing I want to talk about is um, Amazon announced this morning that you can change your handling time for your merchant fulfilled items from the two days that had been the fastest time to one day. And we're not talking about seller fulfilled prime, we're talking about normal merchant fulfilled. You can change it to one day. Um, I don't sell enough merchant fulfilled to really 
worry about that. But if you are in a position to be able to change to one day handling, I probably would because it will probably give you a boost in um, search and more buy box exposure because people want things faster. So think about that. That was just announced this morning right before we started the Facebook Live. Um, next thing is the whole Staples um, issue. Um, Staples as in the store, not as in the product. Um, I told you I was looking at the Staples exclusive program, which is the one that charged. You had to spend X amount, I believe it was $4,000 a year. Um, and if you didn't spend that, uh, you would get, if you spent that but didn't save the 200 and some dollar fee, you would get it back. Well, I did the numbers and uh, I can't be sure that I'm gonna spend that much. So I told the gentleman who was, um, working on the account for me that I wasn't willing to commit to that yet. Uh, I just gotten a pallet of shipping supplies from the Uline free shipping um, promotion that ends on the 31st. So get your order in if you want to take advantage of that. Um, so he said that um, exclusive program was a pay one. There's another one that they have to make it even more confusing called Staples Advantage, which is a business-oriented um, program that gives you bigger discounts than the normal staple site has. There's no minimums. It's free shipping. price on it so I'm going to try the bubble wrap when I need more I um, mean we'll see so Staples exclusive is the one that doesn't charge but the prices aren't as cut rate and Staples advantage excuse me advantage is the one that doesn't charge god they they were silly in naming this advantage doesn't charge exclusive does bigger discounts if you pay the fee so that's kind of the Staples thing we do have a little staple store that was that's been here actually quite a while now. It's in um, an area probably the size of a CVS or a Walgreens, so it's not a very big staples. But at least you can get local delivery on the basics, you know, paper and pens and things like that. Um, other than the very basics, you, you have to order online. So uh, next thing that I have been facing, and I. I really want to impress upon you guys to do this. After the pesticide debacle where we had to go in and mark all these products not as, a, as not a pesticide, um, now weird IP complaints are coming in on closed listings for me. Um, stuff that I had approval to sell from the distributor. listing closed for five years so my suggestion and I did it over the weekend as any listings you are not going to resell don't just close them delete them fortunately I deleted these there was three um, and then opened a case 
with um, the account health team, which was a waste of time. They did nothing. Um, and I asked them, how do we get a hold of the person who filed the complaint? Because I was curious then. And they said, we don't know. Well, you know, the most ridiculous thing ever. But it was one of those typical copy and paste answers full of gobbledygook. But magically, the three complaints disappeared off my dashboard um, that same day for that product, probably because I deleted the listings. But I can't be sure. And that's the thing I really find incredibly frustrating is that you can't be sure of what is this weird feeling of following the rules and hoping you follow the rules. So I would suggest in your downtime, watching TV, listening to a podcast, um, sitting in the backyard by the pool over Memorial Day weekend is delete those listings you're never going to sell again. Uh, it's not worth holding them open. I thought closing them would be fine just in case, but nope, that didn't work. So um, I've gone through and very carefully gotten rid of all of them. I've also made sure that I've gone through and added all the little weird things from the um, inventory page, the suggestions, like, you know, some of them lost their product descriptions and I didn't realize it. Um, some of them want um, weird stuff like on messed up because they are in the right category. Um, so I would go through and yeah, it's a pain to clean up all those things. And I know you don't want to do it, but I, I don't think it can hurt. And I'm guessing it will help. Um, I'm still carrying a decent IPI um, over 650, which I think is down to doing all these weird things that Amazon asks and jumping through their hoops and all of that. And um, I have found that if you do fix things on that, you know, inventory health page, they don't always stick. So what I've been doing is going in and editing the listing off the main inventory page and fixing them there. They seem to stick much better. Um, I tried one, it needed an image and I knew it needed an image because the manufacturer, get this, I bought I had these items on back order forever because they were being manufactured. I got the two of them. I made the new listing for them and waited for the manufacturer to provide the image because they always provide the image. Well, I finally wrote to them and said, hey, I hadn't sent the items in yet, thank goodness. I said, when are we going to get the images? They said, We don't have any to take pictures and there aren't going to be any until like August. The, these items are made in um, Nepal. And I thought, oh, great. And I said, I don't want to take the picture myself. So I asked, I asked them, I said, I have one of each sitting here. If you pay for the return postage and credit me for them because they're going to be open and I don't want them back because I couldn't sell them as new, I'll send you mine. And then you can take the pictures. So they did. They jumped at that. I mean, there was no quite. They said yes, because I'm sure 
lots of people were looking for the images. Um, so I did that. Um, so I tried, once I got the images back from them, I tried adding them through the account health page where it says you can. Didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. So I did it through the um, edit inventory, the main edit inventory page, and it took right away. So that page is not without its faults. If stuff doesn't stick there, go to the main inventory. Is a good thing. Which leads me to another um, bit of information about IPI. Um, when Amazon had that Accelerate um, series of webinars, well, it was pre-COVID, so over a year ago, it was probably almost two years ago, the one presenter who was so good that actually answered questions was um, a, about IPI. And I asked her specifically, what is the one thing you can do if you can only do one thing to fix your IPI to increase it? And she said it was sell-through. So that means keeping the products moving. Send in sales while those are selling, send in more, just keep them moving. Don't send in a ton and let them sit there. Send smaller amounts more often. So you don't have more than that 30 days of inventory there. Amazon does not want you to have any more than that and you have to be clear about it. So um, get your sell-through rate up, keep the inventory moving. Um, another thing that Amazon does not want is excess inventory, like that inventory I had sitting more than, and we're going to get rid of it. Um, so that's another thing that you can, um, you can deal with yourself to make sure that your IPI stays where you need it or increases to where you need it to be. Um, and having done a little more research over the past day, just to make sure what I was told at this conference a while ago is still true. It does seem to be true. And the same thing showed up on all the usual sources of information about Amazon doesn't really tell you how they calculate it. They tell you the factors that influence it, but they don't tell you how they come to the numbers that they do and what you specifically can do to increase it. And this is that that playing in the dark and and not knowing where the target is and every morning to one unit stranded and then have to do the is it but don't let those sit there. Um, the stranded things. They, mine seem to be going stranded and they, they say inventory error on them. So some glitch in Amazon's um, back end is causing it to happen. But when you see it show up, fix it. Um, once in a while, a stranded one will show up when an item's in transit between fulfillment centers. Um, and it should tell you that. If you have any question as to why it's stranded, open up a case and hope you get a seller support agent that will actually help you. But don't let anything sit in stranded. And um, the last one is, is in stock. So while you don't want excess inventory, you want to keep things in stock. So you don't want to keep running out of products. Um, and... 
Um, um, I'm guessing it must be. We are having some thunder and stuff. Um, I'm sorry. I just missed that because I was looking at my notes. Um, uh, so, completely annoying sound. Oh, gosh, guys, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, Matt says it's completely annoying. I'm really sorry. I did not realize it because I was too busy looking at my notes. Um, Sandra, I'm guessing the replay will have the same audio I'm recording now. So please let me know if this sounds any better. I don't want to move from where I am. And strange that it was fine to begin with and is not now. So let me back up about the IPI, okay, in case you missed that. Um, things you can do. Sell-through weight. Make sure your things are moving. They're not sitting. Amazon does not want... warehouse and that's it and that that's a bit of a juggling thing where you are you have inventory in the warehouse but not so much that you end up with over 30 days um that's an important one you don't want to have any stranded listings you want to make sure that the listings you have are active those stranded listings show up on your main seller central page and most likely they yours will be due to errors on Amazon's back end, um, meaning some glitch in their system has caused an item to go stranded and selecting the um, automatic one-click relist is what it's called will most likely fix it. Once in a while you will find items stranded that are due to fulfillment center transfers. Um, and those will resolve themselves. If you have any that you're not sure about, um, I would suggest opening a case and seeing um, if, if seller support can actually help you. Um, it's a 50-50 chance. Leave stuff stranded. I have once in a great while had to actually recall an item and then send it back in because the error couldn't get fixed. Um, seller support might tell you to um, delete the listing and relist. I'm not, I'm not confident that that will fix it because they don't seem to be confident. And I've actually asked them, are you sure you will, they, this will fix it? And they will send you the same copy and paste um, thing that they said before. They will never answer the question. There again, we're shooting in the dark. We don't know where the target is. We're doing our best um, when by uh, getting inaccurate information from seller support, we are trying to interpret our best. Um, Rachel says the sound is still choppy. Um, guys, do you want me to stop now and catch up on this other stuff at a later time? Or do you want me to keep going? Because I know it's annoying as heck to listen to choppy things. I have not moved... My setup is identical to what it is. I'm guessing it is probably either Facebook related or weather related. So please let me know in chat if you want me to keep going or if you want me to stop. And 
I am very, very sorry um, that it's still choppy. So let me know. I'll watch the chat carefully here. I will keep talking while we're still, um, while we're looking um, to see what you guys want to do. Um, just a reminder, do not use the resale barcodes that you bought on eBay or um, other places. Do not do that. Get a GTIN exemption. I posted the link for that in the group again this morning, but please don't do it. Don't try to do it. It's not going to work. Um, you're just banging your head against the wall and you're opening up yourself up to some serious account issues. So don't do it. We know the GTI and exemptions are not working as they should. Rachel posted um, about the issues she was having in the group. So Sandra says, probably a good idea. I assume that means to stop. Uh, Eleanor says to keep going. I'll keep going. Um, next week we have a guest on the show. Um, so um, this, that means postponing this for a little longer. I don't have a whole much more to get into, so um, I'll finish off. Um, I have not heard any more on Casey since he got home, but I have heard that he has lots of support there. I mean, firefighters have a brotherhood, which is fantastic. Um, I'll check in again with him today. Um, it's only been two days since his surgery, so hopefully... Um, He's getting lots of rest, and we'll see um, how it goes. Um, do, does anybody want me to go over the IPI issues again or the um, intellectual property claims about closing listings? Because I can go over, um, go over it again if it was too choppy. I'd rather do that because I can edit out some of the choppy choppy um, if you'd like. So... Um, I, to summarize, if you are not going to sell anything again, delete the listing. Um, so as Sandra says, one thing that has made her IPI drop is listings she doesn't want to delete but have no inventory. Those you should close. If you're going to sell again but you don't have any inventory and it's going to be more than a couple days, close those. Um, if it's something you're never going to sell again, delete them. Um, deleting them means most likely, and I'm saying most likely because we know nothing ever disappears on Amazon. It's just that we can't find it. Most likely that will help protect you from some of these um, intellectual property complaints that are just um, this massive blast out to everybody who has ever sold the product. Um, which I, I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how, if I haven't sold a product in five years and the listing is closed, how the company finds you to send the complaint. There is a back end about sending that I don't know about because it's not my wheelhouse and I don't know, but there is something, they're probably brand registered and they prov then provide all the information to Amazon. And it's interesting that the, the items that, I got hit with on Monday that I hadn't sold in five years were part of a bundle um, and they were all purchased from an authorized distributor of this particular brand. So they have made no effort to look and see where you purchased the products or um, anything like that. They just hit everybody. Um, they just hit everybody with a, a broad brush. 
Sandra asks, what if we may get to sell it again, but right now the manufacturer is only selling us resellers a certain size? I would say in this case, if you are still actively working with that manufacturer, I think you're okay. That I might close the listing, but not delete it. Um, because if you have the relationship with that manufacturer that is current and ongoing, it's far easier for them to know, oh yeah, Sandra's company is okay because we sell to her. I'm not saying it's foolproof, but you have a far better chance of easily fixing something than if you had a relationship that disappeared five years ago. Um, that's, that's how I would look at it. Um, I've also, I also tested, I deleted a listing that I created. I made note of the ASIN and it was a listing I created for a company that's since gone out of business and they've been out of business for a couple of years. They went bankrupt um, before COVID. Um, and I was able to find the listing by the ASIN through Google. I couldn't, it didn't show up on Amazon, but it showed up on Google and got me back to it. So there is hope that if you accidentally do one, you can get it back. Um, and if you didn't create the listing and it's still up on Amazon, it's very simple to get it back then. Um, but since you are still have an ongoing relationship with the manufacturer, I would, um, I would go ahead and just close it until you get more in. No need to delete it. Shelly says, it surprises me when there's an IP on a bundle. Most of my bundles are from at least two suppliers. Yeah, they must have, been, they must have had a, um, a team working to find their brand name in the descriptions or doing a, an image search, though the brand name of the product that was in the bundle was in a bullet point. I do know that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a game. Um, and with this whole grocery thing that came up yesterday, um, I'm thinking based on what I saw, and this is in the group about requiring approval for grocery, that it is for particular brands and they, they did not put the ASIN on that email because people have now tried to make new listings and groceries that have been fine. Um, so it must have been a particular brand that got, you now need approval and can't make new listings and can't sell. So um, this is the kind of a thing where Amazon, you know, shoots out this cannon blast and then forgets to put the message on the end of the cannonball. You know, oh yeah, it's about this ASIN or it's about this brand. Once again, shooting in the dark, not knowing where the target is. It's a bunch of craziness that uh, that uh, we have to deal with as we're going. Um, that oh one the big one big thing that's on the list is this that um, value added tax um, information that um, eBay sent out yesterday. So. I am not a tax expert. I am not giving you tax advice. I am giving you my opinion on what I found. Okay. First of all, the threshold for having to register for VAT in the EU or the UK is 10,000 euros. That means if you sell less than 10,000 euros, which is about at today's exchange rate, a little over $12,000, you don't have to register. If you, it appears from what I've read that if you sell more than that, you will have to register. Um, 
So um, this is for US sellers. If you are a resident of the UK or the EU, um, that's a whole different kettle of fish that I'm not gonna even touch. Um, but if you are and you have not registered for VAT, you need to do it. I, when I was selling on Amazon in the UK, I used a service to do it um, because it's hard enough keeping track of that information and taxes in a country you live in, let alone one you don't live in. Um, so, I d so if you are in the position where you need to register for VAT, look into a service that will do it for you um, so you have that number. The next piece of it, so 12 or 10,000 euros, if you're in the US, not a worry. Um, if you are getting close to that, then you may need to think about what am I going to do to um, figure out how to, to register and all that. Um, so um, for those who don't know, VAT is pretty much like our sales tax, though the rate is crazy. In the UK, I believe it's 20% right now. Um, in most cases, when you go into a shop, well, I think in all cases, when you go into a shop in the UK, it's added into the price already. It's not put on at the register like has done in the US. Um, so I will put the link to the article I found that explained the most um, on eBay. I will put that in the group when we are done. So remember, it's $10,000. And for the EU, um, this takes effect July 1st. So if you think you're going to sell more than that, you, you have until July 1st to do this. But, um, but this is a case where if you're getting to that threshold, I would say talk to a tax professional. Um, and they call it distant selling VAT registration threshold of 10,000 euros. And will replace this country specific one where each country was kind of done as it on its own. Um, and it's based on the delivery address of where you, who you sold it. So this is one part that I have not been able to find details on. And I, for my own information, I will, um, I will keep researching is if you are selling on eBay and you use the global shipping program, does this absolve you of any responsibility for VAT, even if you sell more than that 10,000 euros? It doesn't say, I've not been able to find that anywhere. Since we just got this email yesterday, I've not been able to find it. But the delivery address for us is the US, right? Because we're shipping to the Covington, is it Covington, Kentucky or Louisville? I can't remember. But anyway, we ship, or Erlanger, Kentucky. We ship to that Erlanger address. Um, where the items are repacked and sent on their merry way. So to me, that's the delivery address, um, which would have, in my mind, and I'm just saying this is me, I'm not a tax professional, it's not my advice. To me, that would absolve us of anything in the EU, dependent, irregardless of our threshold, because we're not delivering to the EU or the UK, we're delivering to Kentucky. Um, I'm going to research that more and I will put those links in the group if and when I find anything. I'm really surprised that eBay didn't say this on their page that if you use the global shipping program, this applies to you too or this doesn't apply to you. So I'll just have to dig a little more on that and figure out what's going on with that. 
If you're way under the threshold, I wouldn't worry. Okay, that's that's me. That's how I'm going to handle this. Um, I sell a few things a week internationally, but they're all through the global shipping program, so I'm I'm not concerned about that part of it. Um, I think that's it on my list. Um, I want to make sure, since the sound was bad, that if anybody has any question, please. Oh, okay, the IP claims again. Did I cover that well enough? Um, about what to do, let me know, because I'm more than happy to go over it again, because I do, I think it's really important um, to keep your account health as clean as possible. You don't want anything that can get Amazon looking at you askance. And we know that even though we have zeros on our dashboard, there is still evidence of everything we've ever done on Amazon. It never goes away. Um, so if I didn't cover that enough, let me know. Um, I've covered the Staples thing, if you need more details on that. Um, so Shelly, my point about the IP was if you're never going to sell the item again, delete the listing. If you are going to sell it again and you have a relationship with the vendor, as Sandra does, I would just close it till you get it back in stock. Um, but if you're never going to sell it again, delete it because that IP thing, people are digging everywhere. This is the, the big Amazon shakeup. I think um, they, um, um, they wanted to um, take this broad brush and try to clean up everything. And I think lots of brands and companies have employees that maybe are underutilized in other areas so they're using them to look for other things that they can find i do think that's part of it um sandra says i wanted to know what you think about the new program that sells unfulfillable returns um this this program has come in and out i didn't realize it was back i'll tell you um i just got a message that um the sound went out completely. Um, so this is very strange. This is a, a internet Facebook issue. Um, I'm going to um, I'm going to sign off here. Um, I will put in chat what's going on and um, my deepest apologies. And, oh, Eleanor can still hear. Okay, that's where it is. Probably not recording now, but oh, what the heck. You know, we think talk shoe's bad and you find another solution and it's just as bad. Um, so this program that sells unfulfillable re returns has been in and out and I thought it was out. Apparently it's back again. Um, I, I don't want Amazon to have anything to do with my inventory. I don't even have them dispose of stuff. I will pay the money to get it back just because I don't, and this is a real personal, just a real personal thing. So I don't have an answer um, about the new program. I will look at it. I'm writing it down um, so I can do some research because I didn't realize it was back. Um, it's It's been in and out so much. Um, one last thing while I make the note um, to research that um, is that the tour of the fulfillment center um there we don't have enough people to do a tour just for us and it doesn't really matter because it's a go to webinar tour um 
But I'm going to pick a date. They gave me some dates that they have openings. And I will pick the date and post the link for it in the group so you all can sign up. Um, ideally, I will pick it when we would be having a podcast the Wednesday at um, noon Eastern time because that's kind of a set time. But I will work on that. It's unfortunate we couldn't get our own tour because then I would love to ask even more questions about us as third-party sellers and how it works. But it was it was interesting. It was well worth the time. Well worth the time. A lot of Amazon propaganda, but just getting to see stuff is you can see why stuff happens to our inventory. And it reinforced for me why I polybag everything and why I spend the time to bubble wrap some things. When you do the tour with us, you will see why too. When people say, oh, I don't want to have to bag it. Well, yeah, watch this and you'll know why. So with that, I am going to sign off and try to clean up this audio for you guys. Um, she, oh, Shelly asked, is it always this? No, they had three. She asked, is it always the same warehouse? They had three different warehouses that they showed because they did different things. They showed Phoenix, Salt Lake City, and Denver were the three they showed because the three were set up differently and did different things, which was pretty cool. Um, and it was live um, because you could ask questions and they would answer. So, you know, it wasn't just a recording, but it's obviously a very choreographed um, presentation because they were well rehearsed and everything. But it was nice to see what different ones is done. Like Denver's massively automated where Phoenix is not because Phoenix is a much older um, warehouse. So very interesting. So I will get that set up for us so we can, I would watch it again just because it was so interesting. So there you go. Um, that being said, you guys have a great rest of the week. Um, deal with your listing issues. Um, have a super Memorial Day. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we will, oh, Thalia, I'm, since this video is all, or this audio is all messed up, it was less than an hour. It's like 45 minutes. So it was fine. It was, they schedule an hour, but it, it's short and it's very choreographed. So let me sign off now. Stay safe, stay healthy. Have a great Memorial Day. I hope you get good weather and sunshine and can go relax and have some time for you and your family. So take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.